According to an analysis conducted by Endeavor, a nonprofit organization which supports high impact entrepreneurs across the world, companies whose founders have been mentored by top performing entrepreneurs are three times more likely to go on to become high performers themselves. And Patrick McGuire is doing his part to ensure that the next generation of business leaders is set up on the right track to succeed. He's the founder and advisor of Empowered Entrepreneur, which manages a portfolio of companies and provides advisory and professional services to scale and grow fast. Helping companies grow from 500,000 to 5 million and north of 20 million as well. The services include advisory sales, marketing strategy, creative partnerships, fundraising, and leadership. He also helped to spearhead a new endeavor known as Roster Logics, which was developed by parents and coaches to increase trust, transparency, communication, and compliance for sports so you can focus on what matters the most. McGuire found time to spend some time with me this week to discuss his love for creating solutions for solving problems, his entrepreneurial spirit, and so much more. I'm Kevin McShann, a led to this conversation. Let's get it going. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Patrick, you tell me that you're a lifelong creator and you're someone that likes to solve problems. So I'm wondering if we can dive into our uh, discussion with that launching off point this morning. Yeah, I am uh, a creator. I'm entrepreneurial. I always have been. I would say I'm completely unemployable uh, in a good way. I like to make sure that I, I really do things that inspire me. I like to follow my passions. I like to help others. That's Those are two things that are important to me. I've always created content. I've always created uh, materials. I've always created businesses right from the beginning. Even when I was in high school, I was doing things, making shirts for other people. It was kind of cool. Going into university, did the same sort of thing for the gyms that I worked at. And then going into the military, we did more shirts for our graduating class and even from there, went on to build a few different companies. And obviously, much more successfully, I went into Empowered Nutrition 
And we've grown that into an HR tech firm that I built and sold with a partner. I've helped a few fintech companies actually uh, raise funds and get acquired. I am a board member and advisor for a couple of different accelerators like Altitude Accelerator, as well as uh, Futurepreneur, which is a mentorship for entrepreneurs. It keeps me young and fresh. It keeps me focused and allows me to create pathways and strategies for marketing and sales teams to execute, to accomplish their goals. But at the same time, I'm a podcaster, just like you. I like to create content to help entrepreneurs. I like to have conversations with people like you to be able to make a difference in somebody's life that will inspire them or just give them a nugget. But I also own uh, Roster Logics as a partner there. Rosterlogics.com is a sports tech platform. And NFX is a new project that we have out there as well. But under the Empowered Umbrella, we make sure we do peer groups. We stay focused on what's most important, which is helping entrepreneurs. So we do peer groups, motivational activities, things like that, that keep people focused on their success. And that's how I'm always helping others. And that's how I'm always a creator. I think that sums it up, but that's a lot, eh? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm also wanting to ask your opinion on business diversification because uh, if you did any research on me, you know that I was born with what's called a spastic quadruple cerebral palsy, simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And outside of this podcast, buddy, I've worked with business people to infuse uh, individuals with disabilities into the workforce. So I'm curious to get your perspective on how we do that more effectively. Yeah, actually, I've been really fortunate when I built the HR tech firm. And this is funny, it didn't bring this up, but it just popped in my brain. Um, Bosma Corporation. So Bosma out of the US is actually, um, they're 501c, but they are um, a company that's corporation that's designed for inclusive development in business. And to be part of that, you have to have a compliance for screen readers so that way they can employ individuals that have challenges with their eyesight and uh, either hearing so they can become more productive in the workspace. What's really cool though is I really don't care, you know, what somebody may or may not have. I've always believed the best person for the best position gets the darn job. I don't care if you have three legs, four eyes, um, you're green, uh, you come from another country, another planet, whatever it might be. If you deserve to have that job, you should have that job. And you know, to your point, I think what's really cool, Kevin, is you didn't ask for a job. You made a job and your disability is now an ability and you're empowering other people to do it and inspiring other people. So I like that. Massive kudos to you for doing that. I love what you're doing. And I like, uh, basically, let's have this conversation. I like where it's going. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you know, Looking at your background and experience, I know that you're also all about business growth and helping people grow and expand their businesses to scale. So how do you think we do that effectively? Well, in that terms, I like to make sure that we look at what's your number one mission? What's your absolute mission? Or some people might call it the, the WIG, the wildly inspirational goal. You usually have two of them. One takes precedence is number one, number two. And then you have three things to support accomplishing those goals. I like to help make sure that we as organizations stay focused on our number one goal. 
what is going to move the needle? What is going to get you excited? And what's going to basically inspire your entire team, your division, your departments, all your staff, all your members to actually get behind that number one goal and become innovative to drive that success. Me, I usually sit in that leadership position. I help them focus that. I really work with the sales and marketing departments. I believe they need to be one. They need to be led by an individual or a team of individuals all focused on a real COO that embraces marketing and sales together and gives them that, that inspiration to go after. Uh, in terms of helping companies grow and scale fast, I look at what do we need to accomplish those big goals? Is it funding? Is it marketing strategies? Is it bringing in third-party partners? Is it partnerships with other companies? So many people think that competition is bad and they forget about co-opetition. Sometimes we can't accomplish our goals without somebody else, which we did back in the day when we had an HR platform. We were good, um, but we had a friend of ours that had an amazing performance management platform, uh, Daniel DeBow. And uh, we partnered with them to close deals faster. They closed more deals because they didn't have the full HR. We closed more deals because they had a cooler, more fun uh, Ripple at the time, which became work.com. But they had a cooler, funner performance review product. That's collaboration. That's creator's mentality. That's creative. And that's how we can win deals in co-opetition. But really, we have to make sure that it has to be focused on that number one big goal, the wildly inspirational goal that the whole corporation takes on. Yeah, and Robert, based on your uh, experience in the nutrition uh, space and building businesses, I'm also uh, fascinated to ask you about the explosion of options when it comes to uh, nutrition uh, businesses and how other people can navigate uh, what's best for them when it comes to building a nutrition-based business uh, specifically. Yeah, uh, I did get my start in nutrition back in the day with Empower Nutrition. I helped provide 4,100 different gyms in four continents with personalized nutrition plans. And we went into meal plans and supplements. Uh, it's really challenging industry now. You either got to go direct sales and use sort of an affiliate model, or you've got to go the way of the big dogs. And that is retail market and have millions and millions of dollars in advertising revenue ready to go. You've got to have that spend. It is really competitive. Um, the main thing I would say for companies growing in that space is you have to have that one wildly inspirational goal. And to supplement that, you have to have a, a absolutely wild differentiator. Why is your company better? It can't just be because I have 0.5 micrograms more of this ingredient. It can't be because my bottle is prettier. And it can't be just hey, we're a better company. That doesn't cut it anymore. And that goes for every industry I've been in, in HR tech, FinTech, uh, NFTs now that we're in, as well as sports tech that we're in, uh, and podcasting. We can't just be like everybody else. We have to have something that's way more inspirational and we have to have that differentiator. That's what I would say to the, the up and starting nutrition or any company. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also know Pat, Patrick, you're big on uh, team building ethical leadership and developing solutions for uh, your company's clients. So tell me about building a sort of a community of support or uh, the, uh, the team building process and what that looks like for you. 
Yeah, I, I would take that from my experience. Uh, oftentimes, I like to be a solopreneur, either myself or one other partner, if you will. Small entrepreneurs, we work together, we create a great idea, we start to put the action places in and we take it as far as we can until we know we're going to either launch or we have to have more service to support. To build the right team around you, you want to find the people that have the same values, the same you know, integrity. And, and don't get me wrong, I have failed and many others that I've worked with have failed that category as well. They don't have the same ethics and integrity. Um, sometimes they do have the ethics and integrity. Where I failed is sometimes I can't deliver. And that kind of sucks because it's very uh, stressful. It causes um, high anxiety and depression. Uh, I've battled with that stuff as an entrepreneur. It's, it's up and down and up and down and people are counting on you when you build that team. So the best thing I think we need to do to build those teams is like-minded individuals, or I'm going to steal from an old business partner of mine plus, that's people like us. Those are the ones that have to be on your team, but they also have to have that understanding like things are going to be really, really difficult and things are going to be really, really exciting and fun. We're both going to ride this wave together or the entire team will ride this wave together and we're going to do our best to get to the future. And we want everybody to succeed. It's not just about one of us, but we need all of your input to make that happen. So uh, build teams with people like us, plus uh, build teams with ethics and integrity that are similar or matching of yours, or at least their values are the same. And be clear that, hey, it's not going to be easy, but we can do it together. That's what I would say on the team building. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to dive just a little bit deeper in the roster logic, because I know you also created this with parents and coaches who wanted to increase uh, trust. Uh, transparency, communication, and compliance of the, uh, the people that use uh, the organization can focus on what, what really matters. So I'm wondering if you can dig, dig a little bit deeper into roster logic for me today. I would love to, of course. Uh, you know, I'm always proud of what we do and what we accomplish. And that's one of those ones we started out of frustrations as coaches and parents ourselves. I do coach uh, my son's hockey. I've coached other sports too, uh, with and without my own children, non-parent coach. But uh, Roster Logics was created out of frustration by a couple of coaches that came together, mainly in a rep hockey trial. Uh, the process was painful. Parents weren't getting communications. The associations didn't tell the kids where they had to go play next, or where they had to try out next, or where the next skate date was, uh, or what team their coach they were skating for. It was it was, um, let's just say bad. And it's like that everywhere in every sport. We just got a call from uh, someone in California that says, this place is a mess. I just bought the entire association. We need a solution for registrations, payments, and, and tryouts. So what we found was by building an easier system that was actually user-focused, end-user-focused, the players and parents-focused, that the administrations could use provided better communications. It gave that transparency as to, is my little Johnny trying out for, you know, triple A or is Johnny or Jenny going to the double A skate or, or run or the combines? Uh, and that was able to give people a little more peace and they knew where they were going next. And it's all pre-scheduled. So it's automated that associations, parents and players and coaches don't have to worry about it. We also enable coaches to release or reassign players. So maybe they're going for triple A and then the coach says, well, no, I've got my roster Thank you very much. They send an automated message that you've been reassigned to the double A sessions or the single A sessions or for so, so forth. That helps just that simple communication pre-scheduled in advance takes the stress off the coaches, 
takes the stress off the associations and gives the parents and players some insights to know where they're going next. Crazy thing is, we launched that just before COVID kicked off in Canada. And as you know, Kevin, all sports were shut down as of February. We launched February 13th officially, uh, but by March 15th, there was no sports in Canada. So uh, for about a year, it was very, very hard to deal with. But uh, we made a quick pivot and we gave associations, our clients, what they needed, which was a shield. We call it shield, which is a health and wellness check-in and um, attendance application inside. So coaches and parents and, and managers and trainers and the association knew who was at what arenas or what fields at what time. And they could check in in advance if they were or were not going to be there or if they answered their questions, the screenings that everybody was requiring. If they answered it and said, hey, red flag, maybe I'm not going to come to practice today. We were able to give that communication, that transparency to the coaches and the parents and the associations. And hey, if something went wrong, we were able to one click notify all of the people on that team that might have been in that arena or that field at that time. Because don't forget, it's not just one team, it's the teams before and after as well. We could notify them that, hey, there might have been a situation you might want to check yourselves or keep it in the association. So that's, that's kind of the, when we launched and where we pivoted to and uh, where we've grown into, which is an amazing, amazing solution for making life easier for parents, players, administrators, and coaches to deliver a great sports tech solution. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like maximizing efficiency, right, Patrick? Absolutely. I am, uh, I'm ambitiously lazy and I like to keep it simple because sometimes I'm not the smartest guy in the room often. Um, I like to work my butt off and organize things and structure it and automate it. Uh, I like to say optimize, automate, and then outsource. If you can't do it yourself, get someone else that can do it. Ambitiously lazy. I'm going to steal that one, Patrick. I like that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done a good job at being ambitiously lazy with let's have this conversation. You, you've automated the process. Hey, let's get connected. Hey, sign up here. Hey, tell me about your company. Hey, let's book a time. You've done all that. And uh, that is the epitome of optimize, automate, and outsource, or the ambitiously lazy way. Yeah, calendar links that saved my life, Patrick, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that is an empowered entrepreneur, if you ask me, Kevin. Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated to also ask you if you have sort of a business motto, or how would you define your business uh, passion or your passion for entrepreneurship? Uh, it could go two ways, really. I would say empowered entrepreneur. It is about empowering others and helping others. That is a big deal. I love the underdogs. I love the solopreneurs and the small business startups. I like scaling them into the small business and then midsize and enterprise, taking them from, you know, zero to a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars annual recurring revenue to five million and north of 20 million. I've done it before and I could do it again and again and again because I love seeing the success on people's face. But also I think of it as empowered conversations or empowered with Patrick McGuire. When I do my podcasts, it's something I've always done. I like to have empowered conversations with great people doing great things and helping or empowering others. That's, that's the summary. If you and I can't have a conversation that we could help each other or inspire somebody else, then why are we wasting our time? I really well, like to help others. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always tell people that, that you have to maximize every moment to make a difference, right? Because life is so fleeting. And, you know, I always say it takes a lot more energy to be 
how disgruntled and disappointed that, that it is to be happy and find solutions to problems, right? Absolutely. Um, don't they say it takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I try to uh, look for the smile at every opportunity, Patrick, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I do have more wrinkles because I smile a lot. Even when I'm upset and grumpy, I try and smile, but I do get grumpy easy. <laughs> well, as you get older, they, they, they smooth out the, the wrinkles in your forehead when you smile more, Patrick. So you got that going for you, right? I'm going to keep trying and every entrepreneur I talk to keeps me smiling. So I enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Patrick, tell me, how do you define business and sales success? I'm curious. Um, business and sales. How do you find, uh, yeah, how do you define success, success in those areas? You know, it comes down to, can I provide success for somebody else? Can I impact somebody's business and can we have a positive outcome? There's two things that I personally like to do in, in my businesses. I like to incorporate charity and I like to incorporate revenue. Uh, the revenue part is definitely important, but if I can get both those things mixed in together, then I'm going to be wildly successful. I'm going to be extremely happy. I'm going to smile more, frown less. I'll less be less grumpy uh, business owner. But uh, it really is about, like I said, we have to generate revenue to put money in the pocket, to keep the lights on, to feed others, to provide for others, because other people in our companies count on us as entrepreneurs. But we also want to give back. If you're not prepared to give your time, your, your brains like you do, and share with others, you know, can you at least give money, right? And we have to say that, hey, I don't have time to share with others, but I do have a really thriving business and we can donate, we can make an impact, we can provide solutions or services for someone who doesn't have something. I've been there. I'm still there. I'm up and down all the time. Uh, you know, as a true entrepreneur that goes from startup to enterprise, I, I do really, really well. And then I don't, you know, and that means there's times you make money and there's times you don't. And um, sometimes it's the, the goodness of others that they care and they help me to succeed to the next level, to help others and more people. And therefore I am required. I'm a steward of money, a steward of knowledge, a steward of business. And by that, I have to give back to others. That's what makes me happy. That's what makes me successful. And that's what I hopefully impact on others to empower them to also consider or redefine what they think success means. It's not just how much money's in the bank because you can't take it with you, but how much money's in the bank, how many people did I help and how many people are smiling today when they're either done work or they've sold out their businesses? Yeah, Patrick, I always said that uh, when when you pay it forward, the rewards you get uh, uh, personally will uh, multiply, won't they? Yes, and, and I like that because that's exactly what you're doing. You're doing this for me. Sometimes I'm on the other side of the podcast. You're doing this today saying, Pat, let's talk about what you're doing. And not only are you doing this for me with your podcast, but you're doing it for everybody else that might listen to a crazy guy like me. You know, you're paying it forward and I love it. Well, you, well, you know, uh, it, you know, this is the one that I feel that I, I can have the most impact. So I appreciate the compliment uh, for Huge. sure. And I, as you had mentioned earlier, Patrick, we're both in the podcasting. So I'm, I'm curious if you could share why 
uh, podcasting is so important to you and the, the exploding nature or advantage that it provides to business people uh, to engage in podcasting, money. I'm, I'm fascinated to get your perspective. Yeah. Um, I wanted to start podcasting in 2014 when I was exiting one of my companies and I just didn't know how or what to do and where I would go with it or what my message would be, what my theme would be. Uh, I've actually registered many URLs under podcast uh, slash podcast or otherwise, and never did anything with them. In 2016, I started to framework what my podcast would be like. I really focused on the onboarding of guests like you have done a very good job of. I never did anything. And then one of my board positions, I suggested it to the board that we need to do a podcast and this is called Startups Transformed. You can find it on, on Spotify and Podbean and other places, of course, Apple and iTunes. But uh, Startups Transformed with Altitude Accelerator was about actually featuring our clients and telling their story to use it as a marketing tool for Altitude Accelerator, but also as a marketing tool for our clients and their successes. And in the meantime, I didn't launch Empowered Podcast or Empowered with Patrick McGuire as we have it uh, monikered now. But the reason I didn't launch is because I didn't want to contradict or, you know, cross over or cause any challenges. And I felt like I had imposter syndrome. So for about four years, I wasn't launching it. And the Startups Transform podcast got delayed while we rebranded. In fact, I was a big part of rebranding it from Rick Center to Altitude. And, you know, I didn't want to launch at the same time. So it's been out for a year now as Altitude Accelerator Startups Transform. And now Empowered Podcast is out. And the whole reason going back to your question, uh, Kevin, is that I'm doing Empowered Podcast to empower others, but it helps me bring business in. In fact, if I really thought of it this way, I've had great outreach and had great conversations with people. I'm so excited for it. And each one of those conversations have spurred new business. One of those actually is coming up with our nfxco.com, nfxco, nfx, a non-fungible experience company, uh, and Fatherhood Festival. So we've actually pivoted our launch based on a podcast conversation I had with the founder of Fatherhood Festival. We're launching that product, that session, that service, I'll tell you about another time, on Father's Day weekend with somebody else. And that's that co-opetition thing. And a very large portion of every single one of those products are actually going towards charity. And we expect to generate and give away about 50% or all of the profits of the launch. So we're very excited for that. Um, but again, when I have those pro athletes and pro artists and, and influencers to do their NFX project, I actually bring them onto the podcast. And sometimes I get athletes and artists and influencers on the podcast, executives and entrepreneurs on my podcast that I think they should be part of NFX. And I want to launch a collection with them. I bring them over to NFX. So those two are very synergistical. They cross over, they work together. I think it's a great marketing vehicle as long as you have a great voice, like not the voice you hear, but the voice message that you send out. I think any company today should really be thinking about podcasts um, as a great marketing vehicle. The thing to think about is the explosive nature of podcasts today. You could easily get lost, but you need to be okay with being lost and not found as long as you put out great content that is evergreen. That evergreen content for businesses is the advertisement that I might listen to this podcast today, but in 10 years, my son or my daughters might listen to this podcast and they'll get inspired by something you did 10 years ago, Kevin. 
That is the explosive nature of podcast, not just the sheer volume of all the people podcasting today, but it's the future evergreen. It's the long game. Are you in it for the long game or are you in it for the short rise, the Phoenix rise to the sun where you're going to burn your wings off? I'm in it for the long game. I'm in it to empower others. I'm in it to help others. And uh, I think that's how every podcast should be started with every company, but it's a great vehicle. Lots of great people to talk to like you. Yeah, I'm so lonely, Patrick, too. I always say that life is a constant game of networking and podcasting is another vehicle to do that. So I'm so lonely. Absolutely. So, Patrick, I, I, I couldn't help but notice that we're both Canadian buddies. So tell me, what's the best part for you being Canadian? I'm curious. Um, well, hey, I mean, I'm Toronto local, uh, Burlington, Ontario. I know you're kind of just sort of south from me, if that memory serves, you're towards Windsor, right? Yeah, so I live in Windsor, so we're about four hours away, but... Yeah, I actually did attend Windsor for a little while. Um, Windsor U, that is. Some people might remind me that I went there to play hockey and I attended class once in a while. Don't tell that to my parents. I went to school and played hockey. Uh, <laughs> well, just tell your parents that you diversified their money while you were in college, okay? <laughs> Yes, it was a unique investment opportunity, mom and dad. <laughs> oh, I like that, Kevin. Nice, diversified my parents' money. Yes, um, of course. So what did you like most about winter, bud, while you were here? I'm fascinated. Truthfully, it was playing hockey and hanging out with my friends. I really, that was my whole life. I enjoyed it. It was just an opportunity to have a lot of fun and do something I loved, which was hockey. And um, interestingly enough, at the university, I was in the very first computers class, I can't say I did amazingly well, but I think I got over 80. I, if memory serves, it was a class I, I enjoyed. And my very first business partner um, in the tech space, specifically in the tech space, I had other business partners before that, of course, but he came out of that. He followed me there and he went there as an old friend of mine from Burlington. And uh, he's become a pretty good technology guy. So a uh, good partnership we had there at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Patrick, my final question for you today has to do about celebrating life and how, how you want your legacy to be defined. Because, you know, I think it's vitally important that we take some time to celebrate the wins in life. So tell me, how do you want your legacy, both personally and professionally, to be defined? And how do you celebrate life, buddy? Um, you know, I... I don't know the answer. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. I don't know if I even have an answer, but like personally, I'm, I'm super happy and healthy. I've got an amazing family, strong faith connection professionally. That's going awesome as well. But obviously we know it has ups and downs and struggles and great times. And uh, I'm in a great place now that makes me empowered to get up every single day. I can't say that's always the case and it's all, not always enough, um, but I've come through some really dark days, which makes me stronger, makes me more empowered, but at least I'm having fun and helping others. And, and I have enough money to buy a steak dinner once in a while. Well, that, that's, uh, that always helps. I'm a carnivore at heart. So absolutely. Yeah. In, in terms of the legacy, honestly, I, I've never really given that one a lot of thought. I have little flashes of it. Uh, I really don't care what people say about me. You're either going to like me or hate me. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle and, and that's fine because we're not all meant to get along. I know this and it's okay. The main thing is that you do what you like and 
Does your family like you? Do your friends like you? That's kind of important to me. That's a legacy that's going to be important to me. If I had to sum it up, I, I want to leave this earth a better place than I came into it. I want my family to say that I was a good man, that I was fun most of the time. I'm ex-military, so I got to be a stern boy once in a while. Um, that I was firm and fair. That's a really important thing. And that I was a man who loved to help others. And I led by example and walked strong on my faith. But even more so, I want to make sure that I leave something behind and impact the lives of other people, entrepreneurs, those in need, uh, empowered empathy and empowered equity is a strategy plan that I have for people, uh, entrepreneurs and people who are struggling. So I want to make sure that I leave something to somebody else. Cause I think I said it earlier is money's just a, a, a notch on the belt. It's just a measuring tool, a line on the chart of the graph. You can't take it with you. So how much can I leave behind and how much can I impact others with? That's my game. And that's hopefully going to be my legacy that my family still loves me when we're done. Yeah, absolutely. And following Patrick, tell me, if people want to get connected with the great work that you're doing, buddy, how can they do that? Um, I would say LinkedIn's a great place to find me, or you can go to empoweredentrepreneur.ca. And the trick is, if you can spell entrepreneur, which some people can't, that's my uh, litmus test. Visit me there, Patrick at empoweredentrepreneur.ca or empoweredentrepreneur.ca, the website. Uh, check me out on LinkedIn or the podcast, or just find Kevin and, and he'll get you in touch. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's why we're do, doing this, to make and build connections, right? Absolutely. And I love the networking. And I love that you reached out and said, let's have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. I want to thank you for uh, carving out a few minutes to talk to me about business diversification and your work in entrepreneurship, your work in the space and time. And my behalf is most appreciated, and I want to Thank you for engaging in conversation with me today, Bobby. Thank you very much, Kevin. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for joining me and inviting me onto your podcast. I hope that I help somebody through this conversation.